0: Welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Relay FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I am here as always with my co-host Jillian Parker. Hi, everyone. Hi, Quinn. Hey, Jillian. Hi, doing? Doing good. We are very
1: close to the mic right now. I've never been this close to you before, Quinn. That's probably untrue.
0: <laughs> no, I'm. Just, I'm sorry about the sound. I'm working on it. I really am. But like, I I just moved into this room, and I don't have a lot of money and so (laughs) i'm working on it we're doing our best um at any rate (laughs) when i
1: am a zillionaire quinn i will buy you your own
0: studio i'm literally gonna hold you to that i'm not gonna become a zillionaire okay well that's not a real number so that would make sense okay but when you're a lots of money you're whatever you have give me a studio (laughs) (laughs) is this how it's gonna be like um like renaissance italy like jillian's gonna be my patron and i will be her artist <laughs> our relationship will work in tandem
1: you can um you can hang up like selfies of me in the great hall that i have
0: in my italian villa casual i went to italy with you italy was nice Also, Jillian's dead. Yeah, I'm
1: dead. Um, I'm in the middle of trying to find a thesis advisor because I'm attempting to write a thesis, but you need an advisor to do that, apparently. Um, And everyone I've asked is literally just like, no, but you should try this person. And then the person they recommend are people who have already said no to me. Oh, no. So it's just like this endless circle of
0: disappointment and rejection. That sounds really unfortunate. Um, I'm... Not writing a thesis. Also, aren't you writing half a thesis? <laughs> so there's an option where... So our
1: theses are due in the spring semester, but there's this option to do half a thesis like and tell them that, yeah, I'm totally planning on writing the full thesis, but then at the end of the semester be like, oh no, I can't write my full thesis and then still get credit for half the thesis and have that count as a class. So that's also an option, but I'm really hoping that I can follow through with the entire thing. It's just becoming a concern because I, like, need one by Wednesday, next Wednesday. And it's becoming such a problem that even my dad is concerned. He actually called me today and was like, so what's the news on the thesis? And I was like, dad, (laughs) I don't need this from you. Oh, boy. Yeah. I mean, I love my dad. Um, I am pretty much writing this thesis for him, though. But... Considering he did foot the bill for my entire education for the past twenty-one years, I figured it's
0: the least I could do. That's one way of looking at it. <laughs> I'm good. I'm spending my senior year getting a theater minor, so I'm clearly not doing that for my parents. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm here today to distract you from your thesis um, Thank you. and to make you even sadder.
1: Oh, lovely.
0: Yeah, I'm. It's a service I provide. <laughs> <laughs> so the biggest news uh, coming out of good old u.s politics this week is that uh, trump announced that he is going to repeal daca so daca stands for deferred action for childhood arrivals mm-hmm. and what this basically means is that people who were brought to the united states without proper documentation visa green card any of that um, but who were brought here as children so you know basically did not have a choice in the matter, mm-hmm. um, can apply for this paperwork and then they can um, you know, go to school and get a job and not be afraid of being deported. So this was a program that was instituted by President Obama back in two thousand twelve and it's always been it's always been somewhat contentious. Um because it was not passed through Congress, um, it was done as an executive action. Mm-hmm. Um, but it really hasn't been like on the the forefront of any kind of like immigration debate because there was kind of the sense that these are the people that we need to worry about the least. You know, like literally people who had no choice um, in coming to the U.S. and just have lived here their entire lives, um, and they're really like shouldn't be the priority when you're trying to fix immigration and all that. But then it was announced that it was going to be repealed. And we can talk about why that is, because there's obviously stuff below the surface there. But first of all, what do you think of this whole thing?
1: So I think that I understand why Trump wants to do this. Um, He did make it very clear in his campaign that he really wants to crack down on immigration. And DACA is one of those... um, Basically, Trump has promised to basically repeal everything that Obama has done. Um, And DACA is one of those things. Um, I don't know how... um, I definitely disagree with parts of it. And I also disagree with the fact that it was passed as an executive action. But when you're looking at it, it's like the lesser of two evils or the lesser of the evils. Um, Because all of these these children, like about 800,000 and all of these people who uh, DACA protects, like they did not, as you said, they did not have a choice in coming over here and they're not doing anything wrong. They're literally going to school, they're working, um, they're contributing to the economy, which is why I actually do support, um, and I do support DACA from more of an economic perspective, um, especially since. The economy, according to the Cato Institute, could lose out on about $280 billion if the Trump administration actually goes through with the repeal. Um, For those who don't know, Cato Institute is the the libertarian think tank in Washington, D.C., a.k.a. Bay, my home base.
0: (laughs) Wait, so why is it set to lose all this money?
1: First of all, deportations cost money. And then second of all, because all of these, because 800,000 people are, you know, producing work or GDP as in jobs or services, um, all of this money and obviously like the goods they produce and whatnot um, will be detracted from um, from our reserve of cash or whatever. But anyways, TLDR this is bad for the economy because these people, uh, because all of these people who did arrive as children are contributing significantly, whether it's through jobs um, or, you know, they're going to school. So obviously this is an increase in human capital because education is important. So this does affect all parts of the economy, not necessarily, oh, the products that they make we would lose out on.
0: Mm-hmm. That's a really important point, um, especially the whole thing of like also deportations are literally expensive. <laughs> yeah. Like you need... There must be some cash flow there. (laughs) Yeah. So I do want to get into the whole legality question of this, because this is kind of a weird place. And so, like, President Obama back in 2012 instituted this, like, without Congress, which is not normal for immigration policy. Um, And so I feel like I can look at that and be like, okay, yeah, so what we should do is instead... Work in Congress and like build, um, for basically a, a similar, very similar thing, but like get it approved through Congress and go through legislative action. You can institute that and repeal DACA and like have an interchange if you if you really believe that like that is the problem here. Um, and it's so we <laughs> It's so weird because Trump has literally been like Congress should basically make a new DACA, but that he instead of. Like working to have Congress make a new DACA. He's just like, we're getting rid of this, but also Congress make a new one. But obviously Congress isn't going to do that because it's a Republican-controlled Congress. So, what what's happening?
1: Except though there are Republicans that do agree, well, that do not agree with um, the repeal of DACA. So, I do think that there is potential for some sort of bipartisanship here. Um, <laughs> so innocent. <laughs> so, so naive. Um... But yeah, I mean, it's, just, just, it's this just, it's just so, it just reminds me of the whole healthcare thing. Like, yeah, let's get rid of Obamacare. Oh, and let's make up something new while we're at it. And it's just like one of those things where you can't repeal something and then say that, oh, we need something to replace it now. Like, I feel like there's other steps that should have been done beforehand.
0: Yeah, it's this is the thing. It's the whole mess. It's this obsession with getting rid of everything that Obama did, and it, I really I consider it the, the, an obsession because if this was really about policy, then there are different ways to do it, and there are ways to like build something before you destruct something, and there are places that you focus instead of just running around all willy nilly trying to repeal everything Obama ever did, and just being pretty like is. <laughs> I know. It's been a rough time.
1: (laughs) It's, it's been rough. Um, yeah, it's just like, I feel like this is such, or at least for me, this issue really resonates with me because, you know, we are this age, um, and I can't imagine like trying to go to school and then having this threat of,
0: you know, just looming over me. Um, but what do you think, Quinn? I mean, from that angle, it's absolutely terrifying. I mean, and we go to school with dreamers. Mm-hmm. We go, to, we yeah. go to school with people who have their paperwork under DACA, and, uh, like, these are people who have worked hard their whole lives and have gotten a spot in the same school that I did, and probably like work harder than me and are gonna get better jobs than me. And, <laughs> but it's like I, I never ever have to be worried about being deported from the United States. Because I was just born on this side of the line, and there is literally no difference in that aspect um, with me and another person than luck. That's 100% luck.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so all of the actual work that, that these people have put in to like get into school and get jobs and everything, like that is given no value um, and, and instead everything is just put on this luck of where you were born.
1: Yeah, and it also just annoys me how like they fill out this paperwork and then they're they need to somehow get c- citizenship or legal status and it's just like ugh, that whole system of trying to get citizenship is a literal disaster. Like it's so inefficient. It it just doesn't make sense to me.
0: I'm just like how why do we ugh. Yeah, and there, there's not actually a path to citizenship for DACA. It's not like DACA is the first step in getting citizenship. No, like, it's just a thing. That's just, it's like temporary paperwork. It's it's temporary safety from deportation. There's It's not a path to citizenship.
1: I just don't understand why. Well, of course, I'm being naive, but it's just, to me, working towards some sort of fast track for those who have DACA just makes more sense to me. But, like, <laughs> I'm just a kid in college, and I do not study politics, so... <laughs>
0: And another thing with this is, in order to get DACA, like you can't have a criminal record. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's there. The immigration debate is complicated. It is really complicated, and I think there are, there's a lot of gray area. But it I just seems so clear to me that like the DACA kids. I mean, I say kids like these people of all ages who are, who are protected under DACA, like are just like the most are just like. The least good target here, just in in all aspects. Like there are people who have demonstrated like no criminal activity, who are just like in school and have jobs and didn't even have a choice to come here in the first place. Um, Why? (laughs) Mm
1: -hmm. Um, And as far as deportations go, like obviously it's still a threat. Um, The Department of Homeland Security has indicated that those who have daca are definitely not a priority when it comes to deportation which makes sense um obviously but then again like just going back and harping on the whole economic standpoint like deportations cost money like we can't just send people away for free Mm -hmm. um and all these articles online you read it's just like okay so what's going to happen next and nobody knows it's just very unclear like trump tweets something like okay congress like get ready to do work daca and then just (laughs)
0: i'm out there's
1: there's no plan there is no set list of goals that we're trying to accomplish here
0: yeah i think that's what frustrates me most of all is just that there's no there's no strategy beyond trying to dismantle what Obama's done. There's no strategy beyond trying to point at his base and being like, "'Hey, look, look, I'm getting rid of immigrants like border security, the wall, all of this kind of stuff. And it's like really this is there's no practical purpose for this that you have demonstrated mm-hmm.
1: yeah, it's just ridiculous, and i am I am happy though that this isn't going to be strict like one party sort of debate like i think republicans and democrats agree that or at least a lot of them do agree that daca isn't necessarily a bad thing um john mccain and nancy pelosi two opposite sides of the spectrum have criticized trump's decision so there's there's some hope (laughs) but i love john mccain oh john mccain ye drama queen to be fair, though, he is one of the more liberal Republicans.
0: No, he is. But he also just talks a good game and loves just getting the maximum amount of attention. I'm sorry. Just, like, the whole thing that happened with health care with John McCain was ridiculous. True. But he was also a prisoner of war and
1: had his arms broken, like, 20,000 times.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, I can respect John McCain as an American hero, which, like, he, like, 100% absolutely is. And I can also think that what he did with healthcare was ridiculous, attention seeking, and cruel.
1: Yeah, so basically recap, um there was one vote that mattered and it, uh when it came to the whole healthcare debacle that is in the White House. Um, right? It was one vote and it
0: was McCain. Well or- what happened was basically like there was a vote for the repeal vote to go forward and he voted for it to go forward and if he hadn't voted for it i think they wouldn't have had a vote to repeal right so i'm using the word vote a lot but sorry stick me with me but then when the actual time came to vote for the repeal he voted not to repeal it and therefore like quote unquote saved it but there were two other republican senators who also were like sticking with us the whole time to not repeal obamacare um, including susan collins my senator, um, because like they recognized that it was very dumb to reveal it with no backup plan, with no other, no plan. <laughs> um, but then like he got this incredible amount of credit for, you know, like coming in to save the day and it's like, well,
1: mm. no. And then he got
0: credit for like, like he just got operated on cause, um, he had brain cancer and of course that's like horrible. Um, and I'm glad that. seems to be doing okay and like he got the opportunity but it's also like you have this great health care but you're like messing with the minds of like people who are just trying to secure health care for their families um and there was another senator i think a senator from alaska i don't remember her name um who also like came in post-cancer treatment and voted not to repeal obamacare but like john mccain got all the attention because he was super dramatic about it just sorry i'm ranting (laughs)
1: mean that's totally fair he definitely was a drama queen about it but whatever um i would be too
0: yep i mean i liked his vote in the end credit to him for that obviously always credit to him for what he did serving his country but also like not not on board not on the john mccain train (laughs) oh that's a pretty good rhyme That is. Do you think of that on the spot? Uh, it just happened. Just uh, serendipitous. <laughs> <laughs> In conclusion with the DACA thing, though, um, so obviously like this is a really scary time for DACA recipients, especially since they've now stepped up and done what they were supposed to do and registered themselves as undocumented immigrants, and now there's a list of them, and this protection um, is looking very likely that it's going to be taken away. Um, there's still an opportunity to renew DACA. Um, if you current, you can't have there can't be any new applicants right now. But if you already have it and it's going to expire before March 5th, 2018, you can apply for a renewal if you apply before October 5th. So um, hopefully, there's a the chance for people to extend their protection and, and to um, extend this time. And then there's a six month window for Congress to hopefully save the policy in some way i have no faith in congress
1: oh yeah me neither
0: but maybe maybe she said forlornly looking out the window looking at the middle distance i just uh, i just think congress
1: in general is inefficient like no matter which administration is in
0: power like it's just nothing ever gets done in politics congress was specifically designed to be inefficient though that's fair yeah That was kind of the point. But then it was kind of supposed to be a checks and balances thing. And now we're not doing that so well anymore. Everyone's just kind of running around. The president's too much power. Yeah. It's
1: just, I don't know. I feel like Congress is just a bunch of chickens running around without heads. Like, nothing is... And that's why. Libertarianism. Oh, my God. (laughs) Although you have to agree that... Some of the libertarian ideals, especially when it comes to having a smaller government, is valid, especially when all of this is so inefficient.
0: We just need a smaller country. The US is too big.
1: How would you split it?
0: I don't know. But when European countries are the same size as one American state and we have fifty of them, something something is wrong. We should have never gotten this big. <laughs> All of us and a manifest destiny. Oh my god. Louisiana Purchase. What were you even thinking? Oh my god. I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but I have this personal theory that there's a distinct possibility we'll split into three different countries. We have definitely not talked about this on the podcast before. Oh, really? Oh No, I think, that's, I think it's very possible that both coasts will split off and the middle of country will be one country. My other theory is that it it could be one of those very silly things where both coasts are one country and then the middle of the country is another country. Um, And then you, like, have to cross. Oh, wow. We would do something like that. Yeah, because that's, like, first of all, the kind of thing we would do. Second of all, it's, like, that kind of thing that in history books in a couple hundred years, you get to read about, like, the weird, like, 20-year period at the beginning of the 2000s as to why there's another country in the middle of one country. (laughs) Yeah, I can imagine that being
1: just... (laughs) So... I had to do like a um, an analysis of Kroger, like the grocery store, and Whole Foods, which okay. is another grocery store. And obvious, um, everyone knows that Whole Foods was taken over by Amazon, and this disrupted the grocery store market. Sorry, this is getting very off topic. But anyways, my point is that imagine we were just like, okay, we'll just make divide up the countries based on their shopping preferences because Whole Foods is located mostly on the coasts. What and, a surprise. <laughs> Kroger is
0: in the Midwest. I want to be clear that I'm not necessarily advocating for the coast to become their own country. I just think it's not outside the own possibility. I do think the U.S. is too big, but like in an abstract sense. I don't have any practical plans to split it up.
1: <laughs> also, what bothers me with when it comes to states is that there's a North Dakota and a South Dakota, but then there's a Virginia and a West Virginia. So I just don't understand why...
0: I don't know. Also, I think that places like Puerto Rico should be a state, but clearly people don't want to mess up the 50 states thing, so we just combine some of them. Like, obviously, North Dakota and South Dakota don't need to be different states. Those oh, can yeah. Be one state. They're just Dakota. Yeah. <laughs> what are you even doing?
1: Yeah. Um,
0: We're going to hear from people who live in North and South Dakota as yeah, to why are. they are different states. <laughs>
1: yeah, we are. Although, apparently, there is, like, such a great, like, rivalry
0: between the two. Oh, I'm sure.
1: And South Dakota says they're better,
0: or I think? I think they both would say that they're better. South Dakota has Mount Rushmore, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, and that's... So South Dakota, I think, has a slightly higher GDP because of the tourism it brings. hmm
0: I mean, if there was a North Maine and a South Maine, which there kind of is, um, I would definitely say that my half is better.
1: Yeah.
0: Anyway. <laughs> Home bias, people. Home bias. So on another note... You've heard of disrupting taxis. You've disrupted grocery stores. Get ready to disrupt education.
1: Oh, yeah. So basically what's happening in the education field, education sector right now is that there are a lot of teachers in California who kind of like Instagram models where they get paid to do or to promote certain products. Teachers are getting corporate sponsorships to like have these... Um, new gadgets in their classroom, and they're called, like, teacher influencers, and it's kind of just, like, some people are having a problem with it because, I don't know, it's just something about, like, bringing capitalism, I guess, into children's everyday lives and potentially disrupting their pattern of education is a cause for concern. And as someone who does strongly believe in capitalism, um, I can definitely res. I, all of their valid concerns definitely resonate with me.
0: Wait, so because you believe in capitalism, your con- their concerns resonate with you? What?
1: No, no, no. So despite believing in capitalism. Oh,
0: despite believing in capitalism. I was like, that didn't seem on brand. <laughs> <laughs> this whole time I was reading this big article about this topic, I just kept thinking about how underpaid teachers are. And how few resources they have. And you know, there's this one line where a teachers like, "I don't do this for the money or the glory." And I was like, "Obviously, you're an elementary school teacher. No one does that for money. Mm-hmm. It doesn't pay well." Right. <laughs> um, and I was um, doing a little bit of transcription work for my aunt, who is currently writing a um, PhD dissertation about computer science teachers. And so she interviewed all these computer science teachers. Um, in her district and other local districts. I transcribed a bunch of the interviews, and so I learned about a lot about it. And basically, the thing that we heard over and over and over again, which was there's just not resources for teachers.
1: Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and this was talking specifically about computer science teachers, but I feel like it probably applies across the board, is not only are our teachers not paid that well most of the time um, – they're not given the resources they need in the classroom. They're not given structural support that they need. They don't give time and proper money for, for training so that they can become better teachers for their students. There's just so much that is lacking there. And it's, I mean, I does, that's a problem on a lot of levels. And I, and I know that like a lot of school districts just don't have the money to supply any of that. Like my local school district at home is like constantly in debt. It was real bad. Um, it probably is still really bad. And so, how are they supposed to be able to supply teachers with these things? So for me, reading this article when when they were like, "Yeah, like we they're kind of low key corporate sponsored teachers," I'm like, "All right,
1: mm-hmm. like
0: get the resources that you need. If this is the only option you have, as opposed to paying out of pocket to get new stuff for your students, then I support that."
1: Yeah, like especially since teachers, I, I at least I remember when I was in elementary school. Like, my classroom desperately needed a new pencil sharpener because we just had one that, like, ate pencils. Like, you would put the pencil in and then you would turn it. I had, like, a really old-fashioned pencil Mm -hmm. sharpener because I went to Catholic school. And (laughs) we'd pull it out and it was just, like, gone. What, did, like, Jesus believe in old pencil
0: sharpeners? What does (laughs) going to Catholic school have to do with that? I
1: don't know. I feel like it's a very Catholic school thing. Like, just, a like, raising your hand to use the pencil sharpener, and then, like, having everybody, like, look at you as your, I don't know, this, that was my biggest nightmare. <laughs> okay, we're talking up a lot of
0: stuff about Jillian on this yeah. episode.
1: Uh, anyways, and so my teacher had to go out and buy a new pencil sharpener, um, and she was supposed to get reimbursed, but that just, like, never really happened, and I know that a pencil sharpener, like, in itself is not that expensive, but then all of these ex- small little expenses, like, add up. Yeah,
0: teachers often buy just, like, all of their own craft supplies for their kids, um, and they're buying tons of pencils and paper just to supply their classrooms, and even sometimes buying books for their kids out of their own pocket, and a lot of stuff, and I cannot stress how much teachers do not get paid enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So bringing that into the context of this article again, so, like, yes, there are definitely some ethical questions about, you know, sponsorships for teachers. Mm -hmm. It's funny, like, that whole Instagram model comparison. Yeah. So, I mean, instead of being some kind of, like, rich college girl on her spring break selling you a watch, um, it's a teacher selling you some kind of educational equipment that they've been given for free to use in their own classroom. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And so I do think that this sort of gig
1: could provide maybe more of an incentive, especially since teachers don't get paid well in the United States, which is not the case in a lot of other countries. But anyways, we should talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Which we'll discuss in a few seconds. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's just like, like Quinn said before, like if... I don't know, being a corporate or a brand teacher um, gets you the supplies you need for your students, then you should do it. Even though I still think that there are some like eh, ethical reasons or some, I don't know, just because to me it just feels sketchy. I don't know why. There's nothing I can really pinpoint. Just to me, it just feels sketchy, but I think
0: on principle, I accept it. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, on one hand, there is the actual legality of the question, right? Because mm-hmm. um, the FTC, the Federal Trade Commission, does have laws about um, your disclosing of advertisements. Um, and so if you have any kind of sponsored post, you have to mark that it's sponsored. And hashtag then ad. Hashtag ad. Hashtag spawn. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I know that in the UK, you have to mark every single um as like hashtag ad if anything is sponsored at all and I think they may have recently changed the US law to be that as well I literally know more about the UK law because I watch a lot of British YouTubers (laughs) 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 Um, but at any, any rate the FGC does consider like sponsored posts to be advertising and they do like require it to be and they do require you to disclose that you have been paid to endorse this product, even if you've just been given the product. Um, I think this is a recent development that um, even if you haven't been given money and you've just been given the product or other some kind of other in-kind service, like you have to disclose it like you have received something in exchange for um, talking about it. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so that's just, like, the overall legality of the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, obviously those are guidelines that, as long as you know about the guidelines, are pretty easy to follow and you can mark your posts and whatever. And then there's the whole, how do we feel on a moral level about sponsored teachers?
1: hmm Yeah, I mean... as If you're getting the supplies, then, you know, that's, that's a good thing. Especially since teachers in America are severely underpaid compared to teachers um, teachers abroad. Uh, I read this book called The Smartest Kids in the World, and it basically examined why, on average, American education pales in comparison to a lot of European countries um, and Asian countries. And it basically boiled down to the types of teachers that students had access to. Um, there was, there's like a teacher or a tutor in South Korea who makes like a million dollars a year. What? Yeah. No, like I'm not even kidding because he does like college advising and college admissions, whatever. Wow. And so people literally pay like thousands of dollars just for like a video chat with him. Cause I, I don't know. It's just crazy. But, um, teaching is, and in a lot of other countries, teaching is seen as a profession like being a lawyer, being a doctor. So it's definitely a different reputation than teaching than what teaching has here in America
0: mm-hmm. that is a really good point and I think that if we did like value teachers in different ways and it, it's interesting because college professors are given that kind of deference um, not maybe not to the same extent as they are in places like South Korea where like education is valued so highly um, but I do think there's a certain amount that like college professors are really giving us a lot of respect that elementary and high school teachers aren't. Um, And there's some amount that, like, you're teaching a higher subject, you have probably a higher education level on average. Mm -hmm. There's more barriers to entry that you have to go over. But also, elementary and high school teaching is a feminized job. More women teach secondary school, and it's considered, like, a woman's job. Like, I had so many more female teachers growing up than I did male teachers, Um, and I do think that's part of it. And I do think that's part of why like those jobs aren't valued as much as they should be culturally or economically.
1: Mm -hmm. And in my Catholic school, like I had almost all female teachers and we did have some male teachers, but they, they, wait, were they nuns? Some of them were, but okay. yeah, yeah, Yeah. Um, but not all of them, obviously. Um, but Like, male teachers would, like, come for a few years and then leave, and people would be like, why did he leave? Like, he was such a good teacher, blah, blah, blah. Um, But all the other teachers were like, yeah, like, but he's, like, a guy, and he gets paid more in public schools, so it was just like, okay, well.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Really? You get paid, you got paid more for the public school than the Catholic school? Well, no, yeah,
1: public school teachers get paid more than Catholic school teachers.
0: Interesting. Or private
1: school teachers, unless,
0: well, at least (laughs) my private school. Mm Mm-hmm. Is that because they're also hiring nuns and nuns don't need a lot of money? <laughs> no, I think it's just we don't have as much money. <laughs> we don't have taxes supporting us. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, my mom went to a Catholic school growing mm-hmm. up, um, and I think all of her teachers were nuns, which is why I keep asking about this. Yeah, my mom did
1: too, and all of her teachers were nuns.
0: Mm. Yeah. Are like, we having a shortage of nuns?
1: Yes, we are. Just pretty much um, religious figures in general. They could let women be priests.
0: Uh, anyway, <laughs> that was not man. We should have had that topic on here. Oh, that was yeah. a little while ago. But you, did you hear about this? I'm sure you did. What the? A woman was like. They were like, we have a shortage of priests, and we were like, why don't you let women be priests? And they were like, what? I can't. You're so far away. <laughs> I can't hear you or what you're saying. I women are icky. What are you talking about?
1: <laughs> Yeah, I actually don't... I don't know. I mean, I understand the... I guess I used to understand the argument, but the reasons that people give now, it's just kind of like, I don't know. I mean, for me, it was always just like, oh, women aren't priests because Jesus wasn't a woman. And then I was just like, yeah, that argument works for me. It's not a good argument. But yeah, now that I'm older, I'm just like, hmm, I feel like there's some cracks in that... (laughs) That rock-hard foundation? (laughs) <laughs> no literally in catholic school like they don't tell you anything like i asked like oh what's the difference between a boy and a girl and then they were like oh boys have short hair and girls have long hair and i'd be like yeah makes sense
0: wait seriously what
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah God is,
0: wow yeah. that's just like a basic anatomy course yeah i know but
1: <laughs> wow and like you know the whole um video I think it's a video where someone's giving birth or like it's part of the
0: education requirement oh I didn't have to watch that because I took health independent study okay but then but there is like some sort of there's like a thing yeah, yeah, yeah you always yeah, yeah. have to watch like a woman giving birth it scars everyone you know? yeah so we don't we didn't do that of course not it's a miracle of life I think if the video is called the miracle of life <laughs> You didn't have to watch that? I literally thought Stork brought children up
1: until like 6th grade
0: or something. Whoa, Maybe not 6th grade, but it was definitely ridiculous. I am learning so much about your childhood. I was very sheltered. Wow. So bringing it back to teachers. One quick note about this is I do think that there is this kind of just like weird moral question of like, I guess, authenticity in the classroom almost. Mm -hmm. Um, And like... The possibility of preference to, you know, newer technology because it's available to them as opposed to maybe, like, methods that are older but genuinely work. Um, And even things just, like, textbooks. Um, And also the sense of, like, you know, again, I really don't believe that any teacher, regardless of the situation, is in any way doing it for the money. But, you know, the sense that maybe, like, the, the motivation of, um, like, getting more money and resources by doing one thing could just, like, make that thing more likely than doing another that maybe is more beneficial to their students in the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is a serious concern. Mm-hmm. Yep. But still, like, if you're getting the
1: resources and you can basically say you're an Instagram model. Yeah. I'm generally,
0: I'm... Generally behind the teachers on this one. Mm -hmm. You get that. You get that, Cash. (laughs) Also in this article, this woman is so much cooler than me.
1: Speaking of people that are way cooler than us, there are three teenage girls in Jakarta, Indonesia, who have started their own band. Not only in their
0: own band, their own heavy metal band. Oh, yeah. They are so much cooler than me. And they look... They're 17. Two of them are 17. They look... Like, they're about 13. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're so cute. So cute. Yeah, so these are literally three teenage girls. They only started playing these instruments in 2014 um, in order to be better at them than I anything I do in my life. Um, mm-hmm. And they love heavy metal music, and so they started a heavy metal band called Voice of Bachi Prat, which I think I'm pronouncing right. Um, I can't find a recording of anyone saying it. Um, But apparently it means noise um, in their dialect of their region, which is pretty cool. And so they play original music that is a mixture of, like, English and Sundanese. And then also covers of, like, Metallica songs. And that's... This is so incredible. (laughs) Yeah. Like, when I was 15
1: and or 17, I was just, like... Doing homework and singing like church songs, like they're way cooler than I was. Um, but they've have been like I think me and Quinn think they're awesome, but there's definitely been some critics out there. And by critics, I mean people threatening their lives. Yeah, um, <laughs> because these th- yeah these three girls um, aren't acting like in quotes uh, proper Muslim girls, so it's just like. Uh...
0: Yeah, they're getting critics on multiple sides of the aisle. Um, the most pressing one of which is, um, like, uh, people who believe that, like, having metal music is haram or that, like, they shouldn't be wearing hijab and playing metal music and that, like, they're being um, a disgrace to mm-hmm. Islam. They're being and
1: disrespectful, th- things like that.
0: All this stuff. And so, um, like, they've been threatened with death and um, they said that they were going to attack them if they performed um, and also just really horrible things um, and I absolutely commend them because they haven't backed down at all. They're like, they say no, like, um, like my religion and my music are completely separate and you can't tell me that one invalidates the other and I can absolutely be both mm-hmm. and you can't scare me either and I they're so impressive mm-hmm.
1: yeah definitely they're just like incredibly brave like i if anyone like sent me a threatening message i'd be like okay whatever i'm just never gonna sing again
0: yeah it it takes so much guts to receive threats like that and just say no like i'm going to continue doing this because i know that it's not wrong
1: mm-hmm.
0: and of course they're also being criticized um from the other side who say that like coming from the more like the western world and being like people who are Islamic phobic and, and criticizing them again for wearing the job and playing metal music and saying that like, they can't be like true metal artists and all this kind of stuff. Um, I was going to say that like, as far as I know, they haven't been threatened from people like that, but like knowing what I know about, um, Oh, white men on the internet, they probably have. Yeah. probably, Um, but probably from people who are farther away and less like imminent threats. Um, Yeah, but there's also a lot of positive
1: aspects of this, obviously, like now that it's making national news, like the girls are making money, which is awesome because that's great. I love money. And (laughs) second of all, this is doing, this is, um, this is really good for Indonesia as a whole because it's bringing a lot of, you know, publicity to Indonesia. Um, and Indonesia, I do feel makes a significant portion of its GDP from
0: tourism. So this is also helping their economy. Hmm. And they're also they're not afraid to criticize Indonesia. Like they have this song called "The Enemy of Earth Is You," um, which is specifically like going after hate speech and intolerance um, in their own country. And I love that like they're taking um, probably things that are direct attacks against them and turning it into art.
1: Hmm. Maybe we should turn our hate emails into art. Yo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> also, I love this little note in the story that is about how their parents initially were like, no, like, this isn't right, you shouldn't play this music. But then they just did it anyway because they're awesome. Um, and once they saw, like, how many... They saw some of their recordings, they saw how many people liked them, and they were like, oh, like, we understand this now, and actually this is cool, and yeah, we you, like, have our approval to keep playing music. <laughs> I
1: think that's... I don't know being famous and but also like being underage just like always fascinated me because like mary kate um mary kate and ashley olsen when they were on full house they were making like so much money but because like they were underage their parents were like no we're putting all of this in savings and i think their allowance was like twelve dollars a week
0: still more allowance than i got
1: <laughs> yo <laughs> too
0: real well i mean the, the, these girls aren't making a ton of money either um like, one of their biggest performances so far has been to a crowd of about 2,000 people, mm-hmm. which, I mean, still, like, way more than I could draw, but yeah. um, there's not exactly, you know, like, Taylor Swift money. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no one's Taylor Swift. Yeah, and also, I mean, like, sometimes people... Sorry, I was about to quote this um, thing from the article, which is really horrible, that, like, people threw rocks at them when they were going home one day. But then I just noticed that the first part of this is while riding motorcycles home from a recording studio and I'm like what, how are they so cool <laughs> Sorry, oh I just God. distracted myself at that. Yeah. Um know like it, people literally throw rocks at them. That's just disgusting. Mm-hmm. Like t- teenage girls just making music.
1: Yeah. Ridiculous. It's awful. Also,
0: what do you think of Taylor Swift's new single? <laughs> oh my god. We were trying not to make pop culture about Taylor Swift. I know,
1: but I just want to know your thoughts. Eh.
0: Really? Yeah. Meh. Well, I like the chorus. The chorus is pretty good, but the whole thing, I'm just kind of like, what are you... Because mm-hmm. it's her rapping,
1: and I think... I like how she's incorporating this new like R&B vibe into her stuff. Like At least she's experimenting with different genres, but her rapping and... there are, like, people on the internet who have already said this, but it's just, like, Taylor Swift rapping. It's just, like, her talking more aggressively.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It's not the best thing I've ever heard. Yeah. It's not the worst thing I've ever heard either, but it's closer to that end. (laughs) (laughs) One more quick note I have about um, uh, these incredible Indonesian artists is that just, like, I'm so impressed with this story because they're so young and they're so tenacious and they're, like, standing up for themselves, um, in a place where they're not getting, um, a lot of support from, like, the people around them, um, but also it's just, like, so interesting that people are just continually fascinated that, like, Muslim people are people, and that, like, they can like things like heavy metal metal music. Shocking. Come on, people. Separation of church and state. Let's go. (laughs) What?
1: No, just, like, the whole concept that, like, you can be two things or whatever, and, like, one part of your personality doesn't necessarily invalidate the other
0: yeah especially something like religion like if i wanted to define you by catholicism like i would get a lot of things wrong oh yeah <laughs> yeah i'm a pretty bad catholic actually i think you're fine <laughs> but it's and it's like the idea of saying that like because someone's wearing a job that they can't play metal music is like saying someone is wearing a cross so they can't play metal music like, yeah. no one would ever say that. I mean, okay, that's not true. Some people Actually, would say people that. Actually, people would say but that. But mainstream people wouldn't say that. Whereas mainstream people, like, there's a strong mainstream opinion that, like, that, that is true for mm-hmm. um, being covered, which yeah. is nonsensical. Yeah. Agreed. People contain multitudes. The radical form of the religion is not the mainstream form of the religion. People have layers. People are onions. People are onions, and they will make you cry. <laughs>
1: Yo, retweet.
0: And on that note, I think we're going to finish up for the week. So if you would like to find us on Twitter, you can follow us at MixedFeelingsFM. You can also find us at Relay.FM slash MixedFeelings, where you can find our show notes or there's a contact form if you want to send us an email. Or you could also find us in the Apple Podcast Store, where if you would like to, you could leave us a review. You can find me on Twitter at AspiringRobotFM. And you
1: can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Thanks for talking with me today, Quinn. Thanks for talking with me. Ugh, always a pleasure. I'm Jillian Parker. I'm Quinn Rose. And these were our mixed feelings.